الحمد لله الذي خلق السماوات والارض وجعل الظلمات والنور ثم الذين كفروا بربهم يعدلون احمده جل وعلا على نعمه العظيمه وعليه الجسيمه احمده ولا نعمه الاسلام ولا نعمه الصلاه والزكاه والصيام والحج اللهم اجعلنا شاكرين لنعمك قابليها واتمها علينا اشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله المبعوث رحمه للعالمين اللهم صل وسلم عليه وصل على اله وصحابته ومن والاهم واهتدى بهديهم واستنى بسنتهم ودعا بدعوتهم الى يوم الدين اللهم اجعلنا منهم اما بعد عباد الله اوصيكم ونفسي اولا بتقوى الله تقوى الله سبحانه وتعالى واعلموا انكم ملاقوه ليوم تشخص فيه الابصار يقول سبحانه وتعالى واتقوني يا اولي الالباب لعلكم تفلحون all praises to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who have created the night and day alternating the night and with day and day with the night in order to test us he has created life and death in order to test us who among us will perform excellently verily all of us will be gathered for judgment on the day of resurrection and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala include me and you among those who are winners on that day may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us all from the torments of hellfire and bless us with entry to paradise the abiding and eternal bliss that god has prepared for his righteous servants i bear witness there is none worthy of worship but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator and sustainer and i also bear witness that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam has been sent as a messenger of mercy for the world so let us cherish this mercy that has been sent to us live by his examples and show the world the beauty of islam let the world recognize the beauty of islam as this experience interact and deal with us in everyday activities in the way we talk in the way we interact in the we in the way we think even because our thoughts is manifested in action and the action manifested in thoughts and thoughts also manifested in words this is the islamic way of looking at this transformation of consciousness because think good speak good and act good then you become a good person so may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us to understand this principle and act upon it today the world is full of trials and tribulations especially for muslims and also for others we have this epidemic the pandemic of coronavirus just shaking all of a sudden it comes to shake our complacency to let us know 
It's a, an opportunity to wake up. It should tell us that we are not in control. That God is the creator. He is the one who has the command. The creation and the order and the decree belong to Allah alone. So, if there is one lesson for me and you to learn from this pandemic, it should be this, that Allah is in charge. Now, I want to take this few minutes to see how Prophet teaches us how do we struggle? How do we exert ourselves? How we should be assertive? How we should stand up for the truth? Struggling as we are in the midst of these trials, tribulations, suffering, joy, you know, all, everything, the challenges that the world, we face in the world. To begin with, we need to understand that Islam teaches us that our purpose in life is to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah doesn't need any service. So, because there is no proper word in English to translate this, either you translate it as serve, while recognizing Allah doesn't need any service from us, He's beyond any need. Another way of translating it is worship. But it has also a very narrow connotation, sometimes pejorative, because it does not cover everything that the idea of ibadah in Islam conveys. The idea of ibadah is that we need to submit to the will of our Creator. He is the Creator, He is the Sovereign Lord, he is the author of the natural laws as well as the moral order. So we need to submit to the divine will. And the world is submissive to it. The creation, the nature, the environment, the trees, the, the ants, the animals, everything around us is submissive, submitted to the creator. So Islam teaches us the world God has created for us, it is a temporary station. It is a world of trials. Adam salam was sent to this earth. In the earth he had no toil, no suffering, no struggle. But out into this world he needs to toil. He needs to struggle. He will face weathers seasons, winds, calamities, tragedies, sickness, sometimes healthy, sometimes sick, this challenge or that, this, this is the way the world is created and we are to struggle here. The Prophet reminds us a believer is like a, a nakhla, like a palm tree, day tree, you see this tree standing firm and stable and strong. In the North American context, they call it oak tree. Oak tree is strong. 
The wind and the season does not make an effect, does not weaken it. Standing tall, years does not impact it. Seasons do not impact it. Standing steady. In another example, the prophet gave the example of the plant bearing fruits. You know, the wind comes and just a little bit this way or this way, and yet it is when there is no wind standing firm. This is the example of a believer that no matter what suffering he goes through, what trial he goes through, what calamity he endures, he is firm. Ajaban li amril mu'min. Wondrous is a believer. Wonderful is the believer. He said, This equanimity, this stability, this contentment, this firmness is not a gift given to anybody except a believer. Because he believes this is the nature of this world. The world is not darubaka, it's not meant for permanent stay. As Imam Shafi beautifully put it, God has wise servants, talakud dunya, they renounce the fars, vain luxuries and comforts of the world, wakhaful fitana, because they were afraid of seduction. Because the more you get of this world, indulge yourself, immerse yourself in comforts and luxuries, it's just like drinking, quenching your thirst by drinking the salt water. Because the more you have, the more you want. You will never feel content. They look at the world as it is and they realize it is not a permanent abode for anyone. This is not the place for us to stay forever. We are going to move on. What do I have to do to be so much concerned with this world? Am I not a traveler traveling long in the desert track? and he finds a tree, shade-bearing tree, he sits there for a while to refresh himself, and then he moves on. The Prophet said, this is the way I look at the world. You know, when he mentioned, he told it to Umar al-Khattab because he saw Rasulullah sleeping in a rough mat, and it had left marks on his back. And Umar al-Khattab could not control his tears here is the king of Arabia. He has been to the kings of Persia and, and, and Roman emperor. And he saw the comforts and the luxury they are indulging in. And here is the messenger of Allah, the chosen one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, living like this. So he suggested, should I be get you a comfortable bed? The Prophet said, he smiled, mali walid dunya. What do I have to do with this world? You know, he doesn't care where he sleeps. Of course, sometimes he slept on a bed, sometime on the ground. He used to sit on the ground. He used to walk barefooted. You know, this is thallakud dunya. So they realize this world is not the place to live forever. 
They looked at this world like a you know, body of water and you need to cross to the other the shore. You need a ferry or boat. So they made a boat out of good works. So the world is here. How do we face trials and tribulations? What are the tips from the sunnah that we can use? The Prophet said the believer is a wonderful person. When good comes his way, he's grateful to the Lord. And it becomes good for him. The result is good for him. But on the other hand, if a misfortune or a calamity or a sorrow befalls, sabara, he's patient, fakana khair allahu. And it works out good for him. And this, this is the unique state because a believer, you know that just like that strong plant swayed by the wind, it cannot fall it. Still standing firm. Although sway here, so here, still stand firming. And it will produce that fruit. Kalima kashayatin tayyiba. Like a good tree, asluha thabit roots firmly rooted on the ground and stretching out into the sky, bearing fruits in all seasons. This is the example of a believer that nothing that happens would shake his faith. How? Because number one, he realizes this world is not enduring. This world is ephemeral. This world is transient. And number two, so he has to leave this world for the abiding world, eternal world, where there is no death. Imam Ghazali Rahmanullah said, if you want to look at the blissful state that God has prepared for us, there is one unique experience in this world, conjugal union with your spouse. Suppose this lasts forever, that is the eternal bliss. You know, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created this for us, just to imagine that blissful state that God has prepared. So here, it doesn't last. But in the next world, it is forever. You are in the state of bliss. It never ends. So number two is, we need to realize that nothing happens in this world without the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Belief in color and color doesn't mean that you abandon yourself, that you are in the path, so you don't check your brake, you don't put oil in the car, no gas, because Allah will take care of it. No. You do everything you can, check your brake, tune up your car, put the oil, put the gas, and then tawakkal ala Allah, if anything happens, you say, if you can change it, change it, otherwise you say qaddar Allah. That was the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we say to the young people, Yahiris alama young folk, have goals that are beneficial, and aspire to achieve it. Put forth the best of your efforts, and put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and don't let the failure stop you. You stand up again and struggle, stand up again and struggle until you succeed. 
But if in spite of the best of your efforts, it doesn't work out, then you say, Qaddar Allah, that was the will of Allah. Oh, Masha'afal, he does what he wills. I cannot change it. We cannot change the inevitable. Face the inevitable. That is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accept it. And look at the example of Rasulullah You know, whenever you see this death in the family, suddenly your wife is taken away, your father is taken away, your mother is taken away, your child is taken away, or suddenly you become ill, you have been walking every day, and then suddenly you go for a checkup, and the doctors say you have only one month to leave. This happens. So what do we do? Look at Rasulullah Look at the trials and, and tribulations he was exposed to. Imagine Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose his messenger. He is the best of the creation. He is the afdal. He is the chosen one of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But you see how Allah tested him. He didn't get to see his father's face. His father was, died before he was born. And then his mother was taken away from him when he was six years old. The next person who would care for him is his grandfather taken away at the age of eight. And the next person who would support him in face of the opposition and persecution of the Quraysh, his uncle Abu Talib, taken away in the darkest moment. When he needed him most, Allah take him away and the next pillar of his support is Khadija, his beloved wife who stood with him all through the years, encouraging him, providing everything, all of her wealth for him. Allah decides to take her away too. And this is called Amal Huzul, the year of grief. And the Prophet said, never ever I face anything like that, a challenge. But yet, Rasulullah never complained. You and I have sons. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Rasulullah with sons. But, and he loved them so much. The love of Rasulullah for his children, Sahaba described, we never saw someone showing so much tender care and love for his children like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And yet, none of his sons survived. Lived past the toddler years. They died. The last one, Allah took him away at the age. He is only 18 months old. And what did the messenger of mercy do? Did he complain? Never. He said, Al wa ya Ibrahim Our eyes are grieving and shedding tears. Our hearts are grieving, and we are indeed saddened by your departure, O Ibrahim, but we will never protest against the will of our Lord. When the allies came and laid siege to Medina, this small community, they would have completely finished them off, except for the intervention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the hearts were shaking. The messenger of mercy, firm and strong, trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, never shaken. That's why Rasul Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ حُسْوَةٌ حَسْنًا 
You have indeed a beautiful example in the Messenger of Allah. Look how he was emboldened, not weakened in face of this. It never shook his faith. It only increased. He said, Allah is sufficient for us. He is the best one to turn to for support. So, you know, this is what, you know, the Salafus Sali also followed the examples of Rasulullah They bore patiently. Just like Yaqub when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took away two of his sons for years. And he bore it. Wallahu al-musta'ah. You know, we complain only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he knows what he's doing. He does what is good for his servant. So trusting in Allah and putting his hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet suffered through all of this. He is always looking at the light at the end of the tunnel as he did in Makkah when it was very hard to see any ray of hope. What did he say? I will continue the struggle until a woman can travel, young girl can travel all by herself from Hira to Haram without any fear of anyone assaulting her. Maybe she has to worry about the wolves if she has sheep, preying on the sheep. So law and order, establishing law and order in Arabia is a priority for Rasulullah and that was the struggle, one of the objectives of his struggle. You know, not just to take over Arabia for nothing, but to establish law and order and peace in the land. So, you see how Sahaba looked at the trials they faced. We have examples after examples. An example from Urwa, son of Zubair. Nephew of Aisha, one of the best students of Aisha. He had gone to Damascus and then suddenly on his way he fell from the camel and he got hurt and then the doctor examined that his leg was infected and they have to cut the leg, one of his legs. The same day he heard the news, one of his son died. So both at one time. So what did Urwa do? He's a knowledgeable man, a scholar, trained by Aisha Allahna, mentored by Aisha Allahna. He said, Ya Allah, you gave me seven sons. You kept six with me and took one. And you gave me four limbs. You took one and gave me three, left me with three. So thank you for the gift and I'm willing to be patient because even as you have exposed me to the test, you have also blessed me. So the Muslim should be, a movement should be conditioned not to dwell on that test, little suffering, but it is nothing as compared to the many bounties that Allah has bestowed on us. You see, even more sad was the man came to Walid ibn Abdul Malik, who was the Umayyad king. This man, disfigured face, very miserable condition, but not panicky, not complaining, but 
you know, content. You look at him, he's content. So Walid asked him, to, what, is, what happened? Why your eyes, you have no eyes, you disfigured face, disfigured, why? He said, you know, I used to be a rich, super rich man. And one day we set a fixed tent with the family in a valley, and suddenly a flood came and took away everything. My possessions, my children, everything. Allah left me with one child and a little mule. So I had only these two. And so, you know, as I was, suddenly my mule ran away from me and I had the baby, child, and left him on the ground and I went after the mule and I grabbed him, I brought him and then I saw my son was already preyed by a wolf, preyed upon by a wolf and the wolf had already eaten half of him. So, you know, suddenly I left the camp, this mule and then it was again running away and I was running away after him and then a, you know, spear hit my face from nowhere and it took away my eyes so I left with no wealth, no child, no mule and no eyes. Here I am. But yet he is content that still he is alive. You see this is the kind of training that Islam teaches us that no matter what Allah has uh, exposes us the trials, Allah doesn't want to kill us because there is a wisdom behind it. You know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the beautiful surah, the surah al-Hadid, مَا أَصَابْ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَلَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ إِلَّا فِي كِتَابٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِ أَنْيَبْرَاهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ عَلَى اللَّهِ يَسِيرٍ لِكَيْلَا تَأُسَوْا وَلَا مَا فَاتَكُمْ وَلَا تَفْرَهُوا بِمَا أَصَابَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُوْمٍ Nothing happens, no calamity befalls the, uh, in the earth, anywhere in the earth or in yourself without it being recorded in a book with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before it happens, because it is, before it is materialized on the earth, the ground. That's easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the lesson you should never be over, never be sorry, for the good that you have missed or exalt yourself excessively over the good that you are enjoying because Allah does not love those who are boastful and arrogant who do not recognize the will of the Creator that God is in charge. So brothers and sisters, life exposes us to trials and tribulations. Muslims are faced with trials we should not be weakened, we should not be destroyed, we should not despair, we should stand firm like that oak tree. You know the seasons, the change of seasons only should increase our faith because we are not created to live in this world. Whatever struggle we go through, whatever suffering we go through, it will be a means of redemption and purification for us.